Pernicious anemia was first described in the 1870s and continued to be fatal until 1920, when a treatment was discovered by Dr. George Minot from Harvard, eating raw cow liver. Dr. Minot would later win the Nobel Prize for this discovery. It was found later that the active ingredient of the ingested liver was cobalamin, also known as vitamin B12, named because it's the only vitamin that has cobalt in it. Dr. William B. Castle identified intrinsic factor after feeding stomach contents from a normal control to patients with pernicious anemia. His work led to the discovery that pernicious anemia arises from intrinsic factor deficiency, which plays a key role in vitamin B12 absorption. Today, our patient has macrocytic anemia and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is entitled Big Red, an approach to macrocytic anemia. All right, time for a minute physiology. The normal mean corpuscular volume of a red blood cell is 80 to 100 femtoliters. Macrocytic anemia is defined as large average red blood cell size, with a mean corpuscular volume over 100 femtoliters. When red blood cells are first produced from the bone marrow, they manifest as immature erythroid precursors, known as reticulocytes, which are larger than typical red blood cells. Reticulocytosis can be a physiologic cause of macrocytic anemia. Aside from reticulocytosis, the pathophysiology of macrocytic anemia can be divided into megaloblastic and non-megaloblastic processes. In megaloblastic anemia, the large red blood cell precursors are called megaloblasts in the bone marrow. Most commonly, this is due to B12 deficiency, as B12 is a cofactor in the reaction that recycles 5-methyl-THF, which is then coupled to the conversion of homocysteine to methionine. Impairment of this process creates abnormally large and hypersegmented nuclei. Other causes include folate or copper deficiency or medication such as heart therapy. Non-megaloblastic anemia does not have hypersegmented nuclei because DNA is not affected, but still represents macrocytosis secondary to red blood cell membrane abnormalities, increased cell volumes, or toxicity. All right, so now that we've talked about the basic physiology, let's talk about the approach. The differential diagnosis of megaloblastic anemia includes cyanocobalamin or vitamin B12 or folate deficiency, inherited disorders of DNA synthesis or repair, such as Fanconi anemia or homocystinuria, or drugs that affect DNA, such as hydroxyurea, phenytoin, sulfa drugs, cyclophosphamide, and methotrexate. Dietary vitamin B12 deficiency is seen in elderly patients with a tea and toast diet or other limited diets with excess alcohol or vegan restrictions. B12 is a water-soluble vitamin derived from animal products such as red meat, dairy, and eggs. Other causes for the deficiency include pernicious anemia, which can be caused by an autoimmune condition in which antibodies to intrinsic factor are produced or a gastrectomy has occurred, which leads to the lack of intrinsic factor. 
Other etiologies include malabsorption secondary to celiac disease, IBD, enteritis, bacterial overgrowth, tapeworm, or medications. Folate deficiency is very rare in Canada due to the widespread folate fortification in wheat products. The etiology of non-megaloblastic anemia includes liver disease, alcohol use due to red blood cell toxicity, or hereditary spherocytosis. Hypothyroidism may cause non-megaloblastic macrocytosis, but is more commonly normocytic. Keep in mind that macrocytic anemia can also coexist with microcytic or normocytic anemia. Primary bone marrow failure disorders, such as myeloproliferative disorders, aplastic anemia, or myelodysplastic syndromes, may lead to both megaloblastic and non-megaloblastic anemia. In these instances, it is also more likely to see more than one blood cell line affected. And if a bone marrow disorder is suspected, a peripheral blood film should be ordered. As mentioned previously, macrocytic anemia can also be secondary to reticulocytosis, which can be the body's normal reaction to a low hemoglobin. Generally, if the reticulocyte count is appropriately high, think about causes of blood loss or blood destruction, for instance, hemorrhage or hemolytic anemia. Make sure to rule out these causes with a careful history and hemolytic screen. Let's move on to our history and physical exam. As always, remember your ABCs and ensure that your patient is stable before moving forward with a detailed history or physical exam. On history, you want to clarify the acuity of the onset of symptoms, as red cells are the primary oxygen transporter in the blood. Any acute signs of anemia, such as presyncope and or dyspnea on exertion, mandates investigations to rule out blood loss or hemolysis. In cases of compensated anemia, a patient's red blood cells will lower over weeks to months with a corresponding rise in plasma volume to support blood pressure. As such, a careful history is essential in clarifying the cause of macrocytic anemia, including diet, medications, surgical history like gastric bypass, family history, and physical complaints. For instance, recall that B12 is important in DNA synthesis along the synthesis of myelin. For instance, recall that B12 is important in DNA synthesis along with the synthesis of myelin. As such, patients with B12 deficiency may have neurologic symptoms like loss of balance, cognitive changes, or mood disturbances. Patients with constitutional symptoms or other cell line abnormalities will raise alarm bells for a primary bone marrow failure disorder. Learn about your patient's lifestyle, including alcohol consumption and limited or restricted diets. A review of systems may also be helpful to guide you and distinguish different causes of the patient's macrocytic anemia. On physical exam, look for signs of anemia, including tachycardia, orthostatic hypotension or hypotension in general, or conjunctival pallor. Vitamin B12 deficiency may present as glossitis with neurologic signs such as peripheral neuropathy and unstable gait. Manifestations of liver disease should also be looked for including jaundice, hepatomegaly, ascites, or spider angiomas. On to our workup. 
Your initial screening tool should be a CBC to look for macrocytosis. After you confirm with the CBC that the patient has macrocytic anemia, rule out reticulocytosis by ordering a reticulocyte level. Be sure to investigate the most common etiologies of macrocytic anemia with a peripheral blood film and B12 level, liver function tests, and a TSH. Due to poor sensitivity and low prevalence of deficiency in Canada, serum folate is not recommended to be routinely ordered. If there is a strong suspicion for folate deficiency, then RBC folate is the recommended investigation. Work up for specific etiologies such as intrinsic factor or parietal cell antibody should be reserved for patients with supporting history and physical examination concerning for pernicious anemia. In cases of borderline B12 levels, elevated homocysteine and methylmalonic acid levels can be tested for. Every workup for anemia, no matter what the MCV, should include an iron workup with ferritin and iron saturation. Signs of hemolysis can be settled, so if you're suspicious, order peripheral blood film, LDH, and haptoglobin, in addition to the workup we just spoke about. The treatment of macrocytic anemia is guided by the acuity of the presentation and red cell indices. Following appropriate transfusion guidelines, if the patient is in critical care or unstable, you will need to first send for type and screen with cross-matching. Choosing wisely guidelines recommend transfusing one unit at a time for patients with a hemoglobin less than 70 grams per liter if no other reversible source is identified. If no clear source is identified, you may require a specialist consultation to hematology for more specific workup for the anemia. If you are concerned about some sort of bleeding, the most common source of bleeding is from the gastrointestinal tract, and a colonoscopy and or endoscopy may be considered. If the patient is stable and their hemoglobin is over 70 grams per liter, then first consider treating the underlying cause of the macrocytic anemia. If the patient is vitamin B12 deficient, for instance, then oral or intramuscular vitamin B12 replacement can be used. Similarly, folate can be supplemented with dietary recommendations such as fortified cereals or leafy vegetables. For pregnant women, ensure adequate folate supplementation with a prenatal vitamin to reduce the risk of neurotube defects. Macrocytosis related to alcohol use may resolve with abstinence, and you need to support your patients with counseling and medical interventions. If your patient's results show no clear reversible causes to the macrocytic anemia, abnormal myeloid morphology on peripheral blood smear, or you have clinical concern for primary bone marrow diseases or malignancies, a hematology consult is also recommended for further evaluation, including a bone marrow biopsy. Time for a Medicine Minute. A Cochrane database systematic review published in 2018 found that oral vitamin B12 and intramuscular vitamin B12 administration were comparable in effectiveness in normalizing serum vitamin B12 levels. However, oral therapy is less expensive. This can help guide your clinical decision for treating vitamin B12 deficiency in your patients in a cost-effective manner. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Big Red, an approach to macrocytic anemia. This episode was written by Dr. Hyung Ro, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Martina Trinkas, hematologist, and Dr. Allison Lai, general internist. 
This episode was recorded and produced by Allison Lai. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lai and is executively produced by Allison Lai, Leah Karinopoulos, and Zara Morelli. Theme song by Lakshman Vizantha Mohan. As always, we have associated infographic and resources on our website at www.theinternetwork.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.